The Tennessee Titans should be embarrassed after their 26-3 loss to the Houston Texans, and it makes you ask some real questions about Mike Vrabel. I'm going to get into that and more on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. To the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Roland, Titans fans. Today's recap edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. The Tennessee Titans get flat out embarrassed by the Houston Texans 26 to 3. The Titans should be embarrassed for multiple reasons, and it makes you ask real questions about Mike Vrabel in this division going forward. Also, I do want to talk about some positivity. In spite all of the bad, there were some Titans who had some major milestones in this game, so we're going to talk about some of the things we should be excited about from this season and moving forward. And then, of course, we got to round out the show, checking on the tank, and there are some heartbreaking results there. Before we get into it, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Titans podcast. With that being said, throw some thumbs up on the video. Show's always free. All ask for in return is the press of a button and uh, let me know how you're feeling about this Titans loss down below. But for me, the big the big word that stands out is embarrassing. Like the Titans should be absolutely embarrassed by this game and by this result, even at this stage in the season, because it's not just that they lost the game, okay? They were absolutely outclassed all over the place. And you get your quarterback hurt. And listen, I don't want to do a big victory lap because Will Levis got hurt. That's not the spirit of, of what I'm doing here. But I did say this earlier this year that, or earlier this week, my everydayers will remember that there's an injury risk of putting him back out there, whether it be re-injuring the injury that he already has or playing behind this offensive line and being eliminated from the playoffs. Those are other reasons. So Will Levis did not re-injure the ankle. It's a foot injury, but... When you play behind this offensive line and you're already eliminated from the playoffs, that's two out of the three, and that's enough for Will Levis not to play in the game. But the Titans put him back out there, and they're rotating left tackles between Andre Dillard and between Jalen Duncan, and they give up six sacks after giving up seven sacks last time. And it's just like, this is why I said you should not put Will Levis out there. So yes, he did not re-injure the same injury, but the other factors were, this offensive line makes it dangerous at this point in the season, and you're out of playoff contention. So uh, I, I just think that I, I, I guess I, I hope the people that were dead set on Will Levis playing in this game are happy with the experience and the reps that he got. But to me, this always looked like an insane decision coming back off a high ankle sprain behind this offensive line when you're eliminated for the playoffs with two weeks left. Like, 
you can't just say, hey, he didn't re-injure that ankle, so you can't. No, there are more factors at play here where you thought the adults in the room would make the right decision. And and hopefully, and it sounds like Mike Vrabel said after the game, Mike Vrabel said, it doesn't look like it's anything serious. Okay, and let's hope he got his foot stepped on. Let's hope it was just some pain, all right, and not, you know, a, a fracture or any kind of ligament tear. Let's hope it is truly nothing serious whatsoever. Okay, let's hope. But again, this is why I've said for multiple weeks, don't play Will Levis the rest of the season. No, he didn't re-injure the same injury, but this offensive line being eliminated from the playoffs, there are more factors than just, hey, he might hurt the ankle again. There are other factors at play here that would still point you towards not playing him the rest of the year. And Tannehill almost got hurt too. Tannehill, we Will Le- or Malik Willis was warming up on the sideline while the trainers were checking out Tannehill. Tannehill almost got injured as well behind this offensive line. So at this point, you absolutely cannot play Will Levis next week. And with this situation taking place and Houston doing it again just two weeks later, like you have to be humiliated if you're the Titans organization. And then you look at the other side of this. And this is what I know a lot of you guys. Who is your number one Titan down in this game? Vrabel, the offensive line. What, what are you thinking here? Who's your number one Titan down? Because for me, if we do Titan up, Titan down, which I'm going to do that. This is Titan down. We'll talk Titan up. We talk the offensive line. Now, I just got to talk about Vrabel, man, because, look, again, I think that Mike Vrabel is a good coach. I have said that repeatedly. I think that Mike Vrabel is a good coach. But I don't know if Mike Vrabel is the coach to lead this young group. You think about a guy like John Gruden. You think about a guy like Mike Tomlin who came in with a good roster and was just a great leader who led their team to victory. You know what I mean? Like, there, it's okay to understand that, hey, this coach is a good coach and he's best with this kind of situation and this coach is this kind of coach and he's best with this kind of situation. So I think that Mike Vrabel is a good coach, but I don't know that he's the good coach for where this team is right now. Because you look at D'Amico Ryans with Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator of the Texans, who named a Texans play that didn't work for at least three or four yards. Bobby Slowick called a great game against the Titans defense. It was great. All right. And then D'Amico Ryans is a young up and coming defensive coach, but it's, you know, CJ Stroud is the magic of that team. And what happens when Bobby Slowick goes to become a head coach? But you look at Shane Steichen with what he's done with the Colts. They've been playing with their backup quarterback all season long. They've had injuries in Indianapolis. And Indy might be a playoff team. Shane Steichen is here now. It's not Frank Reich anymore. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Okay? So, we could do whatever. The problem is when you have a defensive head coach, that means your offensive coordinators can change consistently. And when you don't have continuity between your offensive mind and your young quarterback, it makes it harder to succeed in the NFL. So again, now Mike Vrabel is 0-5 against these guys in their rookie years as head coaches. And Shane Steichen has had a backup for the majority of the time. So Shane Steichen beat Mike Vrabel both times with a backup as a rookie head coach. And then D'Amico Ryans beat Mike Vrabel both times, beat Mike Vrabel in his house with his third string quarterback, Case Keenum, who was a healthy scratch today. And those coaches are only going to get better. And their young quarterbacks are only going to get better. And the Titans have Mike Vrabel living off of a 2021 Coach of the Year award when the Titans were a a fraudulent number one seed that got blasted at home in their first game. Like, 
again, I think that Mike Vrabel is a good coach. I really do. I think if Mike Vrabel took over like the Chargers right now, that would be a great fit for him. I think that he would probably do well and Titans fans would feel like they gave away the... But what the Titans need is a young offensive mind that they can establish, that they can establish continuity with their young quarterback for years and years to come. Because even if the Titans get a great offensive run going, even let's say Tim Kelly blows us all away next year and Tim Kelly leads a top five offense. Tim Kelly's eventually going to be hired as a head coach, and then we're going to go through multiple years of Todd Downing again. You know what I mean? So those are just the struggles of having a defensive head coach. So I'm not going to blame Vrabel for this team being absolutely horrific when the roster's bad, but I am going to say that there are coaching deficiencies on this team that are obvious from this season, and if you don't at least acknowledge those, then we can't have legitimate conversations. So the Titans should be embarrassed not only because of the situation with our rookie quarterback and getting him hurt again, but the Titans should be embarrassed because their coach may be the worst coach in the division. I mean, it's at least a possibility, right? It's at least a possibility that Mike Vrabel is currently the worst coach in the AFC South. It's on the table. I, you know, it's a possibility we have to accept. And one other thing that we have to accept is, and you all are going to hate hearing this when I say it, but Mike Vrabel is not getting fired, guys. He's not. He's not, and you could say, then why worry about it? Why bring it up? Because it's my responsibility, in my opinion, on my show to tell the truth of what I'm seeing. So even if Mike Vrabel isn't going to get fired, and I know it, and I know it, it's still my responsibility, in my opinion, to point out the things that I'm seeing that don't make a lot of sense. That, that you know, that's my responsibility to you guys. So with that being said, throw a Titan up in the chat, throw a thumbs up on the video. I really appreciate it. We're going to talk some positivity, though, guys. We are going to talk some positivity because some big milestones got hit by the Tennessee Titans in this game. There's a couple of players that, that we really need to celebrate, even in a down season. So I'm going to dive into those milestones now. Before I do, though, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's so fun. It's so exciting. And what I like is you can make an entry in like 60 seconds or less. So here's how it works on Prize Picks. They have a projection. For every player, just some examples, Ryan Tannehill, 70 passing yards, Derrick Henry, 20 rushing yards, DeAndre Hopkins, six catches. All you do is you pick two to six players and you say whether those players are going to do more or less than the projection. If you hit them right, you can get up to 25 times your money. They have sport combos now where you could do LeBron James three-pointers and Patrick Mahomes passing yards. I love the ability to combine multiple sports. They have a community plays that have people like Meek Mill and Andrew Schultz. It's a, it's a really great community on Prize Picks as well as being really fun, really easy to play. Make sure that you guys go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports. Made easy. All right, Titans fans, that was kind of a modified version of Titan Down. But now I want to get into some Titan Ups. There is some positivity to discuss here. Before I get into that, thank you guys again for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content 
all year round, always for free. Get subscribed. Stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Titans podcast. But we talked about the coaching staff. We talked about the fact that Mike Vrabel might be the worst coach in the division behind a Super Bowl winning coach and Doug Peterson, what Shane Steichen has done with the Colts, what D'Amico Ryans is doing in his rookie year with the Houston Texans. But besides the embarrassing parts of this game, we need to talk about some positivity. Some people say I'm not positive enough. Well, this is for you because in this game, Derrick Henry went over 1,000 rushing yards for the fifth time in his career. Also, DeAndre Hopkins went over 1,000 receiving yards for the season. And let's just say this. Congratulations to Derrick Henry. Obviously been one of the best Titans of all time, giving us a lot of highlights, giving us a lot of moments. He deserves his credit, even if his time here may be winding down. That means it's even more time to give him the credit he deserves if that's something that you're interested in doing. Now is the time to do that. So it goes over 1,000 rushing yards, a down season by Derrick Henry's standards, even though you get to 1,000, but we know the circumstances, we know the situation. No reason to harp on that again. But, but with DeAndre Hopkins, he broke the curse, folks. So I give a tighten up to DeAndre Hopkins. So let's see some tighten ups in the chat for that. Again, throw a thumbs up on the video. Show's always free. All I ask for in return is the press of a button. But DeAndre Hopkins breaking the veteran wide receiver court curse. You look at Andre Johnson. You look at Randy Moss. You look at Julio Jones. Seeing DeAndre Hopkins go for over 1,000 yards, lead this team in catches, lead this team in touchdowns. Like DeAndre Hopkins is still a very, very good wide receiver. Like DeAndre Hopkins needs to be back on this team next year. Now, in my opinion, you want DeAndre Hopkins to be your wide receiver too if you have a really good wide receiver group. If you have DeAndre Hopkins as your wide receiver two who's also your slot guy with uh, wide receiver one and a very fast uh, rookie wide receiver on the other side, and that's your three-man unit, now you're having a really good wide receiver group. But regardless of how you want to put it together, DeAndre Hopkins can be a major part of it. We see that now. You don't want to say, hey, DeAndre Hopkins had 1,000 yards. He's our wide receiver one. We don't need it. No, we need two 1,000-yard receivers. Why is that so much to wish for? It happens in the NFL. Why, you know, like, why can't I hope for that? So DeAndre Hopkins needs to be back. You look at the cap hit next year, he's going to be about $15 million. I think that is absolutely a good rate, and hopefully Hopkins wants to be back, and both sides can make that work because what Hopkins needs to realize is this team is going to get a lot better next year, hopefully, with the resources that they have, and if he is a part of that, he can do the winning, and the Titans went out of their way to get him opportunities today, and they're probably going to do that next week as well to boost his stats and get him more money. So the Titans are treating DeAndre Hopkins well, as we saw from the controversy with him getting his haircut in the locker room, which is absolutely crazy. And you can see what I had to say about that on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. But yeah, we got to give credit to DeAndre Hopkins because at the end of the day, he has broken the curse. He has broken that curse. Never again do we have to say, every veteran wide receiver that comes here turns into trash. No, one didn't. And it was DeAndre Hopkins. And that's enough for us to believe going forward. Also want to point out Harold Landry. Some people wrote Harold Landry off at the beginning of the season when he was first coming back from his ACL tear. Before the bye, it was ugly, and I get it, but some people wrote him off. Harold Landry is back. He went over 10 and a half sacks in this game, not just singularly in this game, but he had the sack on C.J. Stroud late in the game. Harold Landry went up to 10 and a half sacks. That's a major tighten up. Second time in his career, he's gone for double digits. And Harold Landry, imagine if you got an entire season of Harold Landry at this level instead of that first six weeks before the bye where he really wasn't back up to full speed. If you got a full season of this and you start to think about it, Landry could be touching 14, 15 sacks, and he's absolutely going to be worth the money with the versatility he brings in alignment and then what he 
can do in the run game, and then you add in getting 13, 14, 15 sacks next year with a healthy season, that's absolutely worth the money. So I've always been a big fan of Harold Landry. People who have been listening to me for years now remember back when I was pounding the table to give him a deal. Now, it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but it's clear that when he's healthy, Harold Landry is a great player who's going to contribute to winning. And with the, the I guess, milk toast group around Harold Landry from the interior perspective in this game, it's good to see him be able to put pressure on as well. You know, no, like Martin Lee is saying, no big Jeff out there. Danico Autry's snaps have gone way up. You hope to not play him that much. So I, I, I just want to give credit where it's due and be optimistic about the things that have happened. Henry, 1,000 yards, he gets his credit as, as a franchise legend. But Hopkins going into next year, Harold Landry going into next year, hitting these milestones in this broken season are things that we should look at and be happy about. Not only that, but Roger McCreary. I've really gone to bat for Roger McCreary. The stats pointed out, the tape pointed out, McCreary is a very good slot cornerback. He's physical against the run. He can make plays in man coverage. He doesn't have long arms, and when they put him on the boundary, he struggles. But Roger McCreary is a certified, stamped, bona fide starter next year. And having that on this team, in this situation, it has to give you some comfort. It has to. So these are good things. Chigakonkwo, when get, given opportunities, continues to produce. Again, a slow start to the season, like everybody else. But when Will Levis took over and then going forward, Chigakonkwo has proven, yes, he can be a good, explosive role player in your offense. I thought Otis Reese at linebacker showed great speed and physicality. If he can kind of hone things in, I think the Titans should bring him on the roster as depth next year and they could develop something because I think at linebacker, you can find guys in undrafted free agency. You can find guys late in the draft and find starters at that position. Same thing. Kavon Wallace looked decent. Elijah Molden as a depth safety, not a starter, but as a depth guy is intended. Sit so, like there are areas on this team where I think there should be some optimism going forward that with the resources they have, 80 to $100 million in cap space, the draft picks that they have, how high their picks are going to be, which we're going to talk about in just a moment when we update the tank. I just think that there are, there are good things about this team that we can point out that are obvious. Now, there are bad things. Traylon Burks, tighten down. The big drop that basically set the stage for the whole game. Traylon Burks dropping that pass set the stage for the whole game. I mean, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it a thousand times. Traylon Burke should not be considered when you're putting the roster together. You should try to trade him if you can get a day three pick in return. Cut your losses. If you can't do that, you bring him back as wide receiver four and you treat him like NWI or Chris Moore and tell him that he better learn how to block or he's not going to get snaps on this team. Traylon Burks is a ghost and Titan, the Titans should not consider him when putting together their wide receiver room next year. He is a bonus if he is anything, but they need to act like he is nothing going forward. That's how desperate of a need it is at wide receiver. But outside of that, Kyle Phillips, a healthy scratch again. Mason Kinsey getting just as much run. Look, if Kyle Phillips can't, I told you guys this before the season and everyone was mad at me, but if Kyle Phillips cannot punt return, he doesn't have enough value on this roster. Now, whether you want to argue with the philosophy that leads to that or not, you can. But again, Mike Vrabel's not getting fired. And Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks are just giving you nothing right now. And then at left tackle, another Titan Downs, Andre Duncan, uh, or Andre Duncan, funny. Jalen Duncan or Andre Diller, doesn't matter. They're both absolutely awful, and you can rotate them all you want. But there is no answer. There is no answer there until next year, and that's why you don't play Will Levis the rest of the season and why you probably should just go ahead and start Malik Willis next week too and do Tannehill a favor and not get him absolutely mauled 
and give Willis at least some snaps so he can play and try and maybe get a chance with another team next offseason. So with that being said, though, it's time to update the tank. We got some heartbreaking results, and we got to really, really hope for the Chargers in this afternoon window. So we're going to get into the tank watch here in a second. Before we do, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Look, FanDuel is America's number one sports book for a reason. And with the NFL season wrapping up, there's still time to get in on the action. Right now, new customers can get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose, just place a $5 bet. The app is so easy to use. They have live same-game parlays. You can have the Find Bets tab so you can explore different things. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. They have over-unders, obviously money line spreads, all of that stuff as well. Make sure that you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Titans fans, let's continue today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We talked about the embarrassing loss that it was with the situation with Will Levis and then the coaching situation for the Titans. Talked about some tighten up stuff as well, though. Some optimism with Hopkins and Henry and Landry. I mean, Harold Landry and Danico Autry are the only two uh, guys on the same team in the NFL with double-digit sacks, with Autry having 11 and a half. Talked about some standout players that are going to be good for next year as well. So there is some optimism in there as well. But now we got to talk about what's most important to the Titans at this stage in the year. And that is the tank, baby. The tank. And look, it has been uh, not an awful weekend for the tank, but it hasn't been great so far. So let's dive into that. Before we do, though, thank you guys again for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. We're heading into the offseason. I do so much free agency content, so much draft content, trade situations, mock draft Monday, every Monday. You guys are going to love the offseason content with all the cap space and the draft picks. Make sure that you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day. But also, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's here on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today. 24-7 covers the top sports stories of the day. You get local experts like me from Locked On Titans. You get coverage of every league from our national shows. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's the wave of the future, guys. So hop on early and subscribe to Locked On Sports Today. But the Giants let us down so bad. They were down 26 to 25 and had a long field goal to beat the Rams. It would have jumped the Titans all the way up into the top five. It would have been huge, and the kicker missed it. I couldn't even watch. So it's hilarious that the Titans got absolutely trounced in this game 26 to three, and there was never a doubt that the Titans were losing. But yet I still feel heartbreak because the Giants in their situation, like, even when I know the Titans are going to lose and they don't break my heart, something else happens to break my heart. It's just absolutely outrageous. So now, 
ladies and gentlemen, we turn our attention to the Los Angeles Chargers. And look, some of you guys are going to be listening to this on Monday morning. My podcast crowd, shout out to you guys. I love you. But I'm recording this in the middle of the afternoon window, live on YouTube. And right now, the Chargers and the Broncos are 0-0. The first quarter has basically just begun. Denver sat Russell Wilson. We have to hope, everybody, we have to hope that the Chargers win that game. Okay? Because I'm pretty sure the Giants play the Eagles next week, and the Eagles lost to the Cardinals. The Eagles lost to the Cardinals. Now, that is good for the Titans because now the Titans could potentially jump up to the number two pick. That is on the table right now. They would need a ton to happen, but it's on the table. On the flip side, one thing to say is, the Bears won. And with the Bears winning, that means the lowest that the Titans can go is the eighth pick. So we're looking at anywhere from two to eight now with those results. But the fact that the Giants lost, that sucks. They had an opportunity to win. Really need the Chargers to step up to really give the Titans a great chance of getting that number five pick. The Titans need to be in the top five, and they need the Chargers or the Giants to win one game. And now with the Eagles losing to the Cardinals, there's a bad chance that that the Giants are going to be able to beat them next week. I mean, maybe you could say if the Cardinals can beat the Eagles, then the Giants can beat the Eagles, but I just don't see it happening back-to-back weeks. And I was hoping the Eagles would maybe rest in some people in that game. So that's tough. But nonetheless, the Cardinals win. Give the Titans a chance to get up to number two, if possible. But the Commanders lost, and they remain with four losses. The Panthers lost. They only have two, and Jacksonville winning. Doesn't help the Titans' strength of schedule. Tiebreaker. Some things that did, though, Dallas beating Detroit. Help the Titans win the schedule, uh, strength of schedule tiebreaker. Uh, the Bears help the Titans because they beat Atlanta. Uh, New Orleans beating Tampa Bay. That helps the Titans with strength of schedule. So that's important as the Cardinals win a game and get the four, and that's kind of jumbled up. So look, we need the Chargers to win a game. Maybe the Giants win next week. Maybe the Chargers, if the Chiefs sit people, can knock them off. Who knows? But right now, it looks like we're going to be hoping for strength of schedule if the Chargers don't find a way to beat the Broncos today. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, the Chargers have won, and you can rejoice and smile knowing that that's the case. But the Titans are probably going to finish the weekend still at pick number seven, and it's going to be hard for them to move up unless they get a miracle going into next week. So again, not a terrible weekend for the Tank because the Titans lost, which means they didn't jump up. So that's good that they stayed in the running kind of in the middle of the pack there, but the Titans are definitely going to need some help going forward if if they're going to jump into the top five and and guarantee one of those offensive tackles or Marvin Harrison Jr. And I think with Russell Wilson going on the market, one of these teams in front of the Titans who needs a quarterback, the Patriots, maybe the Giants, uh, maybe the Bears at pick number one. Um, Well, not the Bears, but... Again, the Patriots, the Commanders, the Raiders, maybe the Giants. Like, there are going to be more teams that don't need a quarterback eventually because of some of the veterans as well. So, less quarterbacks needed in the top five. Worse for the Titans as well. So, listen. The Titans play Jacksonville at home next week. They really need to lose that game. Just, I don't even think they got to try. That's the thing. We all argue about losers mentality. Tank, don't tank. They're so bad, they might just lose anyway, and it doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter what we think they should do. They're going to lose anyway because they're bad. Maybe that's what happens. But hopefully they lose that game. Let Jacksonville win it. I don't care. Same as last year. And they get a little bit of help and get a top five pick. We're one week away from putting this season in the rearview mirror, knowing exactly what pick we're going to have, and being able to talk about and have fun discussing how to use this plethora of off-season options to get this team back to competitive so we don't have to watch this crap ever again. Embarrassing loss for the Titans. A lot of questions to be asked. There was some positive stuff within this season and within this game that we talked about. But, man, what would be the most positive of all is if Will Levis doesn't play next week and risk his health long-term, the Titans lose, and they get themselves a top-five pick. But with that being said, tomorrow, we're going to keep the conversation going. Wednesday, look ahead to next week. Crossover Thursday, game plan Friday. It's the last week of the season, folks, so stay with me here and enjoy the football while we can. But with that being said, you know that is the end of today's show. Again, I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.